Welcome to the Aftermath, episode 11. I am your host, CJ Jones. I am with my co-host, Christopher Tenpenny. How you doing, Chris? Oh, I'm doing good, CJ. You know, we're just another week closer to football. It's Bro, exciting stuff. Fat. I'm so excited, man. I can't, I can't wait. Even with all the uncertainty, I'm, I'm still excited for this time of year, bro. It's my favorite time. Yeah, and you know, it, with it being right there, you know, the NFL, NFL Network kind of has to keep our interest, like, just kind of bubbling. So what they did over this weekend, just instead of normally what they do with the top players, top 100, which is a list that they claim players vote on the top 100 players and then NFL Network shows them, you know, and, and normally it's like 10 a week. They did – 103 days they kind of have to now with all like the uncertainty with the season the offseason they just said let's just put it in somehow just to get it on tv because they know every time it's on people talk about it so usually like you say it's once a week but this whole year has been different it's been weird so there was like no protocol for this for them so right and they just packed it all in a weekend basically or you know it'd be early the next week as well and you know, at no surprise, the Chiefs were well represented. I think they were the third highest represented team with six players on the list. Uh, the Ravens and the Niners, I think, both had seven. I think is what topped them. Yeah, they had seven. We had six. And but the the biggest news to come out of this list is Patrick Mahomes was ranked fourth again this season, and Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson both ranked higher than Mahomes on the list this year. Do you do you believe the players actually voted for on this list? Like a lot, like a lot of the players. When I when I looked at the list in totality, there's a lot of guys who were on the list who weren't on the list last year that got recognition. Like there's guys like Shaq Barrett who made the list this year, Aaron Jones who made the list this year, guys that weren't highly ranked or not even ranked at all that made the list. So guys got their credit. So I'm thinking, okay, players do see that because those guys were impact players. But then when stuff like this happened, it makes me think. Well, how do the players really vote? Because if we're being honest, this vote, they ask the players, just for everyone knows for clarification, if you pay attention to when these players get asked about these ballots, it's always in the regular season. It's never during the playoffs or postseason. So they always have these ballots in like November or October, maybe even December, but it's never in the playoffs. So all of these rankings that they're asking about players is throughout the season. So like week eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, they're getting these questions about who you think the best player in football is. A lot of guys probably would have thought Lamar. I mean, and, and no disrespect to Pat, Lamar was having a great year. He was MVP for a reason. He had an amazing season. But if you ask anybody else, like, after the season was over, who's the best player in football, they'll tell you it's Patrick Mahomes. So it's no disrespect to Lamar, but it's just the fact that just for context of the conversation, these players are asked about these rankings during 1 through 16 of, of, the, of the weeks. It's not during the postseason. So that's just a little tweak that I think a lot of people don't know about. But go ahead, Chris. No, but still, like – do you still like even though the playoffs weren't included like actually you know he didn't have the greatest super bowl until late mahomes talking about mahomes but i think that you just almost made a case why he should have actually been number one like the guy that was a that was ranked number one lamar jackson mahomes is beaten in both of his head-to-head matchups like so again i just i really don't believe the player the full players have a full control over this list i think they give them an idea on where they who they think and like where players stand but then there has to be some media involvement to get you know us reacting and talking about for almost to be fourth again like i just no just yeah that's that's crazy like four or two years in a row you would think okay at least gonna be two like like four back to back right so like i mean it's just the reasoning last year why mahomes was four was because it was his first year starting. And, like, I kind of understood that a little bit. Like, 
Drew Brees and Aaron Donald um, were ahead of him, and I don't remember the other player, but like from last season. But I kind of, I kind of got that that you know Drew Brees may not have had the numbers, but he had one of his best years, and he's the veteran guy. Like, give it to Drew Brees being ranked the best quarterback last season. Make Mahomes do it again, and then he goes out and has you know he misses some time, but like it still looks like the best quarterback in the NFL when he's on the field. What goes and wins the Super Bowl. And he loses to a player that was in his first season, full season starting in Lamar Jackson. So, like, it's just, you know, it's the the criteria kind of changed as the year went on. And I just have a very hard – I feel like I feel like Mahomes is like, this is the worst thing that's happened to him this year, being ranked fourth. Bro, I know. He's like, he's like I bet there's a lot of, like, haters of Patrick Mahomes if he has any. I don't know how you could hate him, but – there's probably right. something. Yes, he finally didn't get something. He hey, he's been getting everything else. He got the money. He's a part owner of the Royals now. Um, he has he has the long term contract security. He has a Super Bowl ring. He has an MVP. He has the Madden cover. He has an Adidas deal. Like bro, the first thing he hasn't won is be the number one player on the NFL top 100 list. So there's probably a lot of people that are like screaming for glory. Like oh hey, he finally lost at something. So I mean, it's funny. Like you said, it's something to get us to talking about. It's like clicks, likes, like clickbait. Something to get everybody talking because usually this uh, list is a good topic of conversation throughout the summer because they usually start this list like in the middle of July or like the end of July, right in the training camp, and they start rolling right. in camp. But obviously now this year there's been no offseason, like no OTAs, mini camp, rookie mini camp, nothing. So it's like they're like we just got to pack the show in and like a week of training camp is supposed to start this week because a lot of guys have been showing up in town, which is also great. That's something we could definitely talk about as well. But um, yeah, the list was funny. I, I, I think it's always something to get um, get everybody riled up on Twitter and social media. But there's always guys who are too high, too low, not left on the list. Some guys that you didn't expect to make the list. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's funny, but um, yeah, it, it's it's all it's it's kind of it's shocking that even with the season, you still thought the pack was only four, even during the season. I know he missed like a couple of games with the knee injury, but still, if anything, to me, he should have been no lower than two. Like I thought it should have been two, but. It is what it is. It's going to make for a great segue because next year when he's number one on the list, there'll be no excuses. <laughs> so, right. We, well, we say that. But I mean, I thought that's exactly what I was saying last year. When you watch the, you know, they when they do reveal these players and what number, they have this whole video, like five, six minute video dedicated to each player where yeah. other players are talking. And the video opened with coaches saying, like, or, you know, them like saying Mahomes was ranked fourth and they had like audio over the top of playing, being like, no, 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 or that needs to be addressed, you know, like, so they clearly knew what they were doing, like Thanks. putting him at four and that that was going to strike a nerve with not only Chiefs fans, but a lot of fans of the NFL, um, you know, maybe not Seattle and Baltimore, with, but um, that it was going to strike a nerve. And I mean, the top 10, I think the players are pretty close. I think like the top 10 to being Derrick Henry at 10, Stephon Gilmore at nine, DeAndre Hopkins, eight, George Kittle at seven, Christian McCaffrey at six. Michael Thomas, five, Patrick Mahomes, four, Aaron Donald, three, Russell Wilson, two, and Lamar Jackson, one. I think those are the ten. Pretty. I mean, you could argue a couple other players could, you know, like Julio Jones or Drew Brees could be maybe in that. But the order is just all screwed yeah, like up, the, in my, in my yeah. opinion. No, you're right. The players are right. The top ten, I think they got it right. You could have made yeah. an argument for Julio over Derrick Henry, but I'm so glad Derrick Henry's getting his credit doing his respect, bro, because I think he's been so overlooked the past couple of years everything he's been doing for Tennessee. But um, you could have – I would, I probably would have put Julio in that in that conversation as well just because how dominant he is. But I think they got the 10 players right. Like you say, Christian, uh, Aaron Donald, Russ, Pat Lamar, um, 
DeAndre Hopkins, George Kittle, Stephon Gilmore, defense player of the year. So I, I think they pretty much get it right. It's just the order that it's always every year. Something is always like even me and you talked about this off air. Remember a couple of years ago or not a couple, but like probably four or five years ago when they had Peyton Manning or J.J. Watt on the list the year the guy didn't even play. So right, right. I think that's why a lot of is one of the reasons why people don't take this list serious. Cause like, okay, you're kind of like joking about players, like careers, like how can you make a list when you don't obviously play? So some players take this list based off of career success. Some players talk about this list based off what you did that season. And I don't think there's a criteria when they ask these players, which there needs to be to keep it consistent because there's no consistency, as you said. So like you said, it, it, it gets us going, it gets us riled up, but it's always fun. As long as we got a whole bunch of Chiefs players on there, I'm happy. Just show that we have a good team a young team as well. So we'll be ready for a lot of championships in the future and a lot of runs like this. So I expect a lot of, a lot of red and yellow on that list for years to come. That's, that's, that's what's most important to me. Right. Other chiefs on the list were Tyreek Hill at eight or excuse me, Travis Kelsey at 18, Tyreek Hill at 22, Tyron Matthew, the honey badger at 39, Chris Jones at 52 Frank and Frank Clark at 95. Obviously big admission to Mitchell Schwartz. Mitchell like, Schwartz got slacked. What the hell? He wasn't even in the t- in the honorable mentions one hundred one to one ten, so that he's still getting so disrespected. Oh my god! But speaking of Chiefs offensive linemen, we have some big news on the Chiefs with LDT, the doctor, being the. Let me first get my laptop ready. <laughs> right, <laughs> the first player in the NFL to opt out of the twenty twenty season due to COVID nineteen. Now, many players have followed, also including Chiefs running back Damian Williams as the as the two on the Chiefs, just kind of what are your overall takeaway from, you know, the Chiefs missing these two guys this season? First of all, can we get a round of applause for Mr. Tardif? Because not a lot of guys are willing to do what he's doing, bro. Like, that's like, that's a salute to him. Like, not only as a man, but as a player, like, he's foregoing his season to protect Patrick Mahomes and go for a chance to win back-to-back Super Bowls to try to change the world and save the world. So trying to make this world a better place as, um, as much as we're going through over the past year so. Uh, salute to him. All my shout outs and my prayers go to him and his family. Uh, great player, even better person. You couldn't ask for a better guy trying to do something like that. So, And the mental um, stress it takes to not only try to play offensive linemen in the NFL and then go out there and try to find a cure for COVID-19 is unbelievable, bro. So, like I said, all, all my credit and all my salutes go out to um, Tardy for sure. Right. And uh, real quick, he did have a, he did uh, release a statement on it. You know, he is – he is a doctor. He's on the front lines up in Canada. And so his kind of the whole thing is he ended his um, statement by saying, if I am to take risks, I will do it caring for patients. So just to show the kind of person he is and where what he's exactly. deciding to do with his season in, in this pandemic and pandemic is just something that no, not any NFL players can say for sure. It's just very heroic. And um, I honor to have him root for uh, LDT. For sure. Great person. Great man. Absolutely. Um, but on the football side of things. Yes. Football. <laughs> that leaves this position open, People right? <laughs> uh, no. I mean, it, it, it definitely leaves a hole because, I mean, we lost, what, two guards now, right? In the offseason with, with our with our acquisitions and our moves this offseason. Right, right. Both so, both guards, Super Bowl starting guards are It's definitely weird, but um, I'm, I'm sure everyone saw the news. We signed Kaliche Asumale. The guard, mm-hmm. uh, left guard. Um, he, I think, he, I think he's a swing guard, but I know he played pretty much predominantly left guard his whole career. Right. Former um, New York Jet, former Oakland Raider, Las Vegas Raider. Does that count? But they were in Oakland when he played, so he's <laughs> Oakland Raider. Um, I'm sure if everyone gets a chance to go watch, uh, watch one of our um, our contemporaries, uh, Caleb, break him down on Twitter. He broke down a lot of film on Kaliche. Um, 
very, very strong man, long arms, big hands. Uh, when he gets his hands on you, a lot of people call him lockjaw because when he gets those hands on you, he's not getting off. So um, I, I think if he's a guy that can um, stay on the field, stay healthy, he could be a really good player for us because he never really played an offense like this with so much explosion where he's not required to be the best offensive lineman on the team. Um, I'm, I, my, my biggest takeaway from him was I remember that 2016 season when Derek Carr was playing like an MVP before he broke his leg. Right. That year, their old line was I think was top five that year. They were really, really good. Um, with him, Rodney Hudson, Donald Penn. And that offensive line played really well, key to Derek Carr's success. So, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, that game, they beat us that year, didn't they? When we played the Raiders that year? Yeah, that was, that was in, uh, was that the two point conversion over and over yeah, again? again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over and over again, yeah. So, no, but um, he was voted all pro that year. Yeah, he was. That's what I'm saying. That old line was really, was really good, bro. Him, Rodney, and Donald, that was a really good line. So, um, and he was, he get anything close to that, I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, and he was injured last year with the Jets, so he only played three games. So I think the Chiefs got a steal here. Like, yeah, he's 31 years old, so we're probably not going to get all-pro version of him. Exactly. But still, a cheap guard to kind of take the place and be that left guard in the Chiefs' offensive line and protect Mahomes, like, probably probably an up, upgrade over what Wiley, or you know, who was probably scheduled to start as the left guard. So Wiley probably will, I'm a big, probably will get Rankin back as well, so <laughs> – Right, right, and I think Rankin will probably move over to right guard and actually take over LDT's spot. Exactly, that's what I was saying too. So yeah, and he looked so it was. I hated to see him go down the way he did Uh, in that Titans game. Right, like facts. It was like just one thing after another. First Pat, now him. Like God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's looked. He looked really good though, Rankin. So the offensive line definitely trending up. Again, though, if you want to see some highlights on Osumale, go to our uh, go to Caleb James's. Twitter page at CJ Scoobs, um, or you can follow their uh, Arrowhead Live podcast called The Coach's Corner, where they break down. So to give some a little bit more insight. But also the Chiefs didn't only sign him, they also brought in a safety, Tedrick Tom- Thompson from Seattle, former fourth-round pick. He's a little younger guy that um, I-, I think he's more of a depth move in case Swan Thornhill isn't that's completely that's back. I'll say the same thing, yep. But still, with the with the way the Chiefs' uh, defensive backfield is set up, with you know, I'm still not exactly knowing what Breland's, what how these rookies are going to be, or you know, what uh, Thornhill status is. I think it's a good move. No, yeah, it's definitely a depth move for sure. Because our safety room is arguably the best in football. You have guys like if Juan comes back and anywhere close to what he was doing, he was on a rookie of the year um, type of trajectory. So you have him, you have T Matt, you already know what he is. And then we have young guys like Armani Watts is still really good. I think people are sleep on him. And then we have the savvy vet, Mr. Dirty Dan himself. So, um, yeah, he, he's coming to a great room where he has so many vets around him. And hopefully being around guys that are have so much success and so much veteran leadership, that'll make him a better player. So I think it's a veteran move. I'm not expecting him to be on the field that much unless, like, like DEFCON scenarios, like emergency situations. But he's definitely a guy that could definitely come in and give us some depth. I mean, Seattle's always known to have, be a great team drafting as well as DB. So I'm sure Seattle saw something in him. Um, that they thought he could turn into. So hopefully we can get it out of him here in uh, Kansas City. So I'm definitely glad to have him here. Always excited about new talent to add to the kingdom for sure. Yeah, he started 16 of the last 20 games he played in Seattle. He did battle some injuries, so he only played in six games in 2019 for the Seahawks, but did start all six of those. Uh, had a couple of interceptions. And, you know, I, I don't think he's I, I don't think he's great in coverage. I think he's more of a hard-hitting safety but yeah, that's, um, that's what i read a lot he's more better in the box than he is deep so right right like uh again I, we try to put comparisons on players all the time but from the little bit i've seen on him and eric very light you know yeah. <laughs> likes yeah. to likes to be physical hard-hitting guy so that's always good to have because you never know we can use him in like 
big nickel situations that we go dime package and we need an extra DB in there. You can never have enough DBs, especially in football. Depth that DB and, and D-line yeah, is always definitely. important. And now with this COVID-19, it's definitely important to have depth. Uh, and speaking of depth, um, we also had another player decide to opt out, Mr. Damian Williams, running back. In my opinion, was a Super Bowl MVP, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he decided to opt out today as well. So that's going to make Clyde's um, Edwards-Hilaire role even that much bigger. And I was telling my friend about this, Chris, that um, I think DeAndre Washington is going to have an even bigger role than, than we, people were expecting him to have with Damian sitting out. Now, what do you think about that? Man, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think DeAndre Washington is the guy. To, I think he's a guy everyone needs to draft in their fantasy Bro, leagues. Late. Thank you. I said that on my list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. We're just stealing each other's points at this point. Right, but bro. I already like – like DeAndre Washington is already a guy I would have drafted. I like him um, too. With Damian Williams on the roster, because right. I think he's a great receiving back. Exactly. I think Damian Williams, you know, the Chiefs only averaged under three yards a carry between the tackles last season with Damian Williams. So I thought Damian was all kind of on his way out if he didn't show up or, you know, struggled even with the great playoff performances he had. I think the depth of the Kansas City Chiefs running back, you know, kind of was going to make that a battle. Now with him out, it's a two horse race, and one of them is a rookie. So, you know, I, I think. I believe in Clyde Edwards Flair. I think he's going to have a great season. He's definitely in that RB2 conversation now as far as fantasy leagues go. Um, but it, if anybody wins with Damian Williams leaving, you know, obviously you want that veteran running back, that Super Bowl hero, playoff hero on your team. So it's definitely a loss. But if anybody won with him, it's definitely DeAndre Washington. Who went to Texas Tech and who played with Patrick Mahomes, and I I think I don't I, I hate to say it, I don't think we're gonna miss Damian Williams this season. No, I know that sounds crazy, but like it's, that's not I, crazy. That's not at all. <laughs> I just I don't I I I love Damian, but he just isn't. There's a reason you know we kind of bounced around the league and you know never really you know found a home until he had a great great quarterback with the other what you know was the fifth or sixth option and so i think the chiefs are going to uh going to keep pushing forward and have maybe maybe their offense even got a little better with getting deandre washington more reps because i think he was underused in oakland i don't think Carr likes to hit the check down a lot you know he's kind of a go big or go home quarterback while mahomes always gives you what the chiefs what the defense gives you you know like he will go big, but also if he has to dump it down, he will he will find his running back in the in the flats. No, absolutely. I think any of us as true Chiefs fans, we've seen what uh, what Drake could do in Oakland. I know we beat him a lot. They really beat. They really um had too much competition as far as beating the, the Chiefs a lot. But if you watched him play and watched his game, I've always loved watching DeAndre play. He's a great pass catcher out of the backfield. Can do everything. He can. He runs hard in between the tackles. Like you said, he played at Tech, so I'm sure Pat is very familiar with him. Very familiar with him. Um, he's a very versatile guy, can do it all. So him and Jalen Rashard in Oakland always gave us fits whenever they played. I know they didn't beat us, like like we said, but those guys are really good backs. And you put them in a, any running back in our system with the weapons we have with Pat is going to have good years. So I was a big I was a big fan of DeAndre before he played for the Chiefs, and now that he is with our team, I'm excited. So and like you said, I was just telling my friends about this in our fantasy league. I was thinking Damian was going to hit waivers before probably week the um, the waiver line anyway, the trade deadline anyway, because we all know. The, the frustrations he no disrespect but the frustrations he gave us last year during the regular season there was a lot of games he was in a doghouse where he didn't even play so we mm -hmm. can't be blind to the fact of what happened so but he was a, was a super bowl um mvp in my opinion he played extremely well that game he had a hell of a playoff run through tennessee through houston and through the niners so 
Um, I, I appreciate everything Damian did for this team and for the city and the organization. But like you said, I think we're in good hands. I, mean, I think that running back room is still great. We got we got Mr. Thompson back there, we got DeAndre, we got Clyde, and hopefully Daryl comes back as well. So um, right. I, I, I think we're in good hands in our running back room as well for sure. I expect good things from um, from Clyde. I mean, he was already going to go high in, in fantasy draft. Now he's going to go even higher. RB two draft of status should definitely be solidified now as well. Um, I, I was already thinking about taking Dre as well, so hopefully people don't hear this too much. <laughs> I want people to get my my, my secrets. So, no, I, I think I think our running back room is fine, man. Like like we just said, anybody in that position on our team usually produces guys that are ultra talented or not as talented. We just have so much talent and such, such good coaching back there with Eb and and the way that Andy gets guys ready. So and Andy's always had a good known for having good running backs on his team. So and utilizes them very very well. Running backs, every running back that's played for Andy loves playing for him just because how much he uses them in the screen game and they have choice routes, options. They can play the entire game. They can be a third down specialist. He uses them in so many different ways. So I think Dre, he's very, like you said, he's very, very excited today. So for sure. Sad we had to lose Damien because he's a great player, great person. Right, I met right. him. He's, a, he's a very nice dude, a very good man. But at the same time, the show must go on. So Clyde and Dre are definitely going to have big years for sure. Yeah, and, you know, it does say I, – I thought Daryl Williams was going to be on his way out prior to this news, so I think it does solidify a spot for him um, this season. So, that we're – it's just – it makes the uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire pick that much better, for especially for people like me who kind of was a little bit opposed. I don't – opposed to it is a little strong. You know, if you've listened to this podcast, that I, I didn't hate the pick. I just think running back in the first round – what is a stretch like it doesn't need to be done there's other you can get running backs later but with the starting running back you know going out with your other running backs on the roster prior to that selection you know having limited to no experience in the chief's offense um now that damian williams sits out it makes that uh clyde edward pick that much better and kind of quiets any of the you know quote unquote haters or doubters of taking a running back in the first round and gives us that depth and keeps the offense moving no, you're right. It, it, it definitely um, – first round when you're taking a running back, you would think if I'm going to take a guy at the most expendable position in the sport, you would think I would take a guy that's a Hall of Famer, a gold jacket guy. And nobody hopes that Clyde turns into a Hall of Famer more than me and you. So we, we definitely right. hope he turns into that kind of guy. So we've had high expectations. And like we said on our past episode, we've been blessed in Kansas City to watch so much talent come through that position from Priest Holmes to – even before that, we had Marcus Allen at the end of his career. We had Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson, Jamal Charles, Kareem Hunt for his short stint. So to have a guy like Clyde who has so much expectation, so much talent, we're very high on running backs, and we know what a good running back is when we see one. So Andy saw something. Pat, Brett, all saw something in him, and they and they loved him. And Pat said, bro, take him. I've, I've been watching that kid since day one. So And anybody watching at LSU knows what kind of player he is. So um, I'm glad he's here. I'm glad he's in the kingdom. I, I expect a big year from him. His role is going to be even bigger than it was expected to be. It just kind of sucks that there's been no off season for him to get reps to really get out there and learn the verbiage and to like feel the game. So they'll definitely have to throw him into the fire a little early, but I think he'll be ready for it. That's why having a guy like DeAndre Washington is such perfect timing because he can come in and Clyde doesn't have to do everything by itself. He can come in, learn the system, right. take his lumps, take his time, and may not be week, weeks one through four where he's bursting out, but maybe six through sixteen, Clyde will really turn it on and start turning to the guy that we expect him to be. So it'll be right. a fun year for sure. Um, especially for our offense. Everybody's coming back. We got, what, 20 of 22 starters that are back. Well, now, will it be like 18 of 20, 22? Now we're losing a couple of guys. So, right, um, right. But most of but most of, most of our core guys are back. So um, it, it should be a fun season if we have a season. So <laughs> with all the testing and everything going on. Right. I know 
everybody's in town. Like I see, I know everybody's seen the social media pages for the Chiefs. A lot of the players have been into the building. T Matt's been in there. Clyde's been in there. Pat. Everybody's. Most of the players. Stone Cold was in town when he signed his deal. So um, I've seen a, one of my friends did. A, um, I think he went to an autograph signing for Tyreek. I think like a week ago. So um, a lot of the players are starting to come back in town, which is really good. We're just trying to wait for the green go, no go from um, Goodell and the owners to once they get all the protocols done to get everyone clear, they can start practicing. But I think they're still waiting on the testing and stuff. And I think you saw the um, tweet the other day with. They said, like, I think there was, like, a list of, like, four or five players that tested positive throughout the league from different teams. Right. But I think that kind of, like, put the pause on if they were going to start training camp officially this week and kick it off. So we're all we're all just sit, sitting in the leeway. We're, like, in purgatory right now because I know we all can't. We're itching, waiting for guys to get back on the field so to do what they love and watch them. So and, and cover the game as well, which is what we love to do. So I'm, I'm right. excited, man. I'm, I'm optimistic. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, we all want to be safe, take care of families, take care of our families. Our, our loved ones and our wealth at the end of the day. So we all have to think about that first. I know we love sports, but let's just keep things in perspective and always think about life is more important than a game as well. Always just to keep it honest. Uh, for sure. For sure. And kind of touch on that, but I think, I think the NFL is going to be okay this year, as long as, especially with them um, implanting that, you know, they can be fined or even, uh, you know, and suspended heavily for not following the rule for NFL players, not following the rules. Like, you know, going out, being in groups of more than 15, doing different things. I think the only thing peak players could do uh, outside of a group of 15 was um, religious, you know, take practice in religious ceremonies, and that was at 25% capacity. So they're really making sure the players are staying safe. And I think what the MLB kind of inadvertently showed, um, if anyone's been following with this Marlins and Phillies fiasco, is it's a hard, harder virus to – uh, spread, you know, outside now, you know, baseball, you're not tackling each other and being in each other's face, but you still are, you know, you're around first base, you're, the, you're at the catcher and the umpire and, you know, the pitchers go out and talk to each other and stuff like that. So, and no, there's 16 Marlins that have COVID-19. They played the Phillies that whole weekend with it. Zero Phillies have. So Bro, I think, I saw that. honestly, that's a positive look almost for the NFL season. The one team got it and no play another team got it. That was super impressive. No, you're right. Right, because it was you know it's all being in the dugout together and living around each other and you know nonstop like that kind of stuff. It not to say you can't spread it from playing the sport, you know. And again, I, I know football is a little bit different, but you know, there's still the the amount of testing and the amount of protocols and everything going. I think I think the NFL is going to be okay. The issue is that if a team does blow up like that, I think it will be a little easier spread in gameplay, you know, Fact. opposed to baseball. But with the the, I don't know if you know this. The Marlins went out to a strip club in Atlanta before a preseason game. Oh wow! And that's why that. they all got it. Oh my lordy! <laughs> I did not so, know. That. That's funny. <laughs> so everybody <laughs> freaking out. Everybody freaking out about the NFL net pretension not having season because of the Marlins is. I, I think it's a little off base just because you know they put the NFL put in the standards of players not being able to really do too much without being heavily fined or suspended this season so i think the nfl will be okay as long as the players follow those rules and we will have at least a start of a 2020 nfl football season that's just my that's just what i think no facts i, I think i think it may if anything it'll be delayed i think that we will have a season as long as they just get the protocols right and like yeah the biggest thing is just like you said the players going home like you cannot go out to big social gatherings if you truly want to have an nfl season because you can't just have normal life when you go home because if you do that, that can cost not only yourself your season, but your team their season. Because 
Lord forbid, knock on wood, what if one of these big-time teams, like a playoff Super Bowl contending team, what if their quarterback catches it? Like their season's pretty much over. Quarterback can't, right. afford, can't afford to lose or sit out for two weeks, and that's two games. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a, um, a trust factor that the league and the teams are going to have to build. And if players really want to have a season, like a lot of the guys were tweeting on social media, we want to play, and you have to do the right things and follow the rules. So hopefully guys will – be obedient, be disciplined, and just do the things they're supposed to do so they can do the do their job and play the game they love and us as fans can enjoy the game that we love to watch. So it'll definitely be um, the next fun couple of weeks to see what the league comes up with as far as, like, testing and um, contingencies as far as, like, guy players opting out, getting their contracts. What if a player opts out and he has to sit out for two weeks in the season? Does he still get his money worth and all that? And the cap is obviously going to be affected next year as well. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely a strange year. Like we've said every every episode, it's, it's something we've never seen before. But we're trying our best to keep you guys going, to keep you guys locked in and focused, give you some kind of joy, something happy and positive to focus on. So we're waiting just like you guys. We're patient, but we're definitely excited about football for sure. And that is going to wrap up this week's edition of the Aftermath episode 11. A lot, to talk, a lot happened this week, and that's just a sign that we're getting closer and closer to football starting you know, people, players reporting to camp, and it's just going to be an exciting. It looks like Pat has a chip on his shoulder now with this whole uh, with this whole ranking. He even tweeted out, you know, like a little scribbling, you know, like he was taking notes. So I, I think it, I think it bothers him. It's going to be fun to see what the Chiefs do on this uh, hashtag Run It Back season. Hey, I pissed off Pat Mahomes. I'll take that, bro, any day. So, <laughs> right, right. Speaking of we'll running back, go, go get your merch, people. ArrowheadLive.com. Oh, yeah, get all that. T-shirts, hoodies, long sleeves, running back and beach we trust. Go get it. ArrowheadLive.com. Get that merch. You'll be looking the best you can at your couch while you watch the Chiefs at home since we won't be going to the stadiums. But get that merch. We will see you next time. See you guys.